baby is torn from her mother's arms child that was born to be protected from harm a river of tears and an ocean of pain in the briefest of moments the whole world is changed Between lines, who slipped in a dark place and fell through the cracks, got caught in a bad space and couldn't get
Hello and welcome to the Strange Brew podcast. My name's Jason Barnard and that was Procol Harum and Missing Persons Alive Forever from their new EP. I've got the great pleasure to welcome Gary Brooker from Procol Harum here today to talk about their new release as well as some key tracks from across Procol Harum's back catalogue. So here's my chat with Gary. You've got a new EP out, Missing Persons Alive Forever. And so this is kind of a song that you've managed to unearth and finish off? Well, it was certainly unearthed, but it wasn't dug out of the ground because it's not that old. Right. But it was, I found I was clearing out my, my little studio and I, I had a lot of CDs to get rid of or to listen to and either keep or not. And then this one popped up and I thought, it sounds like Procol Harum. Well, of course, it is Procol Harum. And then I vaguely remembered writing it, but I very, very vaguely, not very much at all, didn't really record, record it. Couldn't remember it, rather. Yeah. And the same with War Is Not Healthy, which I found at the same time. It might have even been on the same CD. Oh, we must have done these somewhere. And then, you know... I just kept thinking about it, and then in the end, I had some vague idea that it was in Brighton, a, a studio on the seafront. Mm. And I asked the rest of the band, because I knew they were all on it. Nobody could really <laughs> remember much about it. So I thought, oh, well, never mind. But we could, we, we never did find the, um, the multi-tracks. Right. And we just had these two, what I would thought was, um, was really uh, demo-quality masters or put it the other way around, very, very good rough mixes. And there wasn't really much, well, you couldn't do much with them. But we just said, is this good enough? Yes, it is. It sounded like a good song for today. That was the point. It went in well with COVIDs and lockdowns and people living and dying. Yeah. The lyrics are by Keith Reed, so it, I assume it dates from the period when you were collaborating with him. It must have been one of the last things that we did, um... So, you know, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not particularly old, I know that much. Yeah. But, um, above, A, because it's Reed's words, yeah. But also because it's the, it's the current Procol Harum as well. Yes. You know, it doesn't date back to 2006 or anything like that. No, this is the current Procol Harum and, uh, you know, finding a groove. And I just don't know why we didn't follow it up at the time. And, and I mean, we've had an album out since then, and we never even remembered those two songs to think, well, shall we try them on this album? Never even, didn't even remember them. Yeah. There we are, that happens sometimes, rarely. But, yeah. but you're absolutely right, Keith's lyrics r- really resonate, and uh, both tracks show the different sides of Procol Harum. You know, Missing Persons has got that traditional Procol Harum sound, and then War Is Not Healthy is, is kind of a bit more rocky. Yeah, it's us just doing... I think probably Missing Persons is is a lot like... It's not like other songs, but it sounds like Procol Harum, absolutely, definitely, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, you've got your hammered organ, you've got the, the, the nice tune with good chords, you've got that bloke singing over the top. <laughs> there you are. But uh, but the other one is the sort of side of Procol Harum. Yes, it's, we always try... A, you know, we often try rocky numbers, and they usually come out a bit differently... Uh, this is one of those that, you know, there, there's no hold barred when program can do a rock song like that. We, we can do it anything, you know. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a little bit of, there's no rap in it, but it's got a bit of a urban punch in there somewhere. 
for a generous indicator Fear and shame and real human suffering For the ones you love most are the ones who have nothing It's democracy Democracy It's lunacy It's lunacy It's history You mentioned your most recent album, Novum. How did um, working with Pete Brown compare to working with Keith? Very, very different people. And usually Keith and I, if you like, wrote those, all those songs separately and apart from each other. Yeah. You know, we would kind of talk about things, but he would usually give me some lyrics and I'd put them with some words 
um, sorry, some some musical ideas that I had, or if I didn't have anything, then I'd they they would inspire me to perhaps write something. The words um, with Pete, we we made a bit more of a conscious effort to work together to come up with a you know an album, ten pieces of music, ten ideas. So it was um, it was more flexible. Well, you know, because of the way he writes, and sometimes I go, well, look, I can't sing this because I don't do that sort of this. I don't do do that, you know. Yeah. This this bloke, you know, he's cheating in a in a motel, cheating on his wife, you know, and I I find a trouble singing up that. <laughs> <laughs> but so you have to put it in the third person, yeah. you know. If you put it, if you think, ah, oh, that's somebody else that's doing that. You know, it's the bloody drummer in Broken Arm. It's not me, or something like that. You know, the, the third person. Then you 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 get around that. So we, but we were able to work with Pete Brown on that kind of level and and keep it all friendly. Yeah, uh, Sunday morning is a, a great track from that album. Got a, a bit of Packer Bell in there as well. That that was a yeah. bit of a favourite from that era. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, well. That sort of always sticks around. He could always pop it out and, and use a bit of it. You know, it's quite a rock and roll. He chords actually. Buckle Bell. You know, the, the, he's a uh, what's that? The Canon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Buckle Bell's Canon.
Something that I've read is that uh, White Shade of Pale has been played at, at funerals. How do you feel that song being so meaningful and bringing comfort to people? Well, it's it's um, it's, oh, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. I mean, it's a great thing that it's a good pop record. You know, the recording, the song, and the recording and the performance. You know, that that was a success. But then it's successful for weddings. Yeah. And now it's gone on the funerals. And I, the first time I went to, you know, a, a relation of mine, uh, or a pretendy auntie, I think, she died and her family said we'd like to play a white shade of pale. It was a crematorium service. Yeah. We'd like to play a white shade of pale. Do you mind? And I said, well, no, I couldn't say, I couldn't say, <laughs> no, you can't do that. But I was a bit worried when I went there because I thought, well, what's this going to sound like to me? You know, I, I knew the lady that died very well. And, of course, I knew why I shaded Pearl very well. But when it came on, it seemed perfectly appropriate yeah. for saying goodbye to somebody. So there we are. There's nothing like that in the words, of course. <laughs> it's not like goodbye Yellow Brick Road or anything, you know, or I did it my way, nothing. But it, it seemed to be, it seemed to fit all right. So there we are. All we want is to conquer bar mitzvahs and we'll be there. Skip the light fence 
in terms of music, one of the great arrangements, especially in strings, is a salty dog. Oh, it creates such a mood there. How do you sort of build up a track when you've got those lyrics? Well, it was, I wrote that very quickly to to Keith's lyrics. It didn't take yeah didn't take much writing at all. It flowed off the hands very quickly. That was quite an interesting um, set of chords and and a way of doing things. You know, that was quite interesting. And but no, I couldn't think that none of the rest of the band at that time. And they were all talented people, you know. Mm. You got Matthew Fish, you got Robin Trow, you know, and the rest. They couldn't really think of anything to play on it. Well, they liked me singing it and playing the piano, but they couldn't really get past that. So, in fact, they didn't play on it. And I, but I, I thought, if you can't think of it, perhaps we should try this Well, you know. What about using some strings, a little orchestra? And everybody thought, well, yeah, go on, Gary, see, see what happens. So I went ahead and um, worked on that and thought about it. First time I'd really done that. And that was the result. Uh, you know, was using uh, strings and an orchestra. I mean, of course it had been done, i say it had been done before. I mean, it wasn't the first time that's, that string people, string players, had played with pop or with rock, whatever you want to call it. But I thought it was a bit more of their kind of thing, a salty dog, a bit more of classical players type of thing, rather than, you know, playing along behind Bee Gees records, you know.
Playing with the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra for the live album as well, certainly in 1972, that was quite an undertaking without today's technology. Very pioneering. Yeah, well, it was. Um, I mean, things kind of kept following on from each other. It's quite a natural progression when you think that uh, you've gone from, you know, white shaded pale. You've gone through Shine On Brightly, which was had that long piece on it, you know, which was about 18 minutes long, in Held Twas In Eye. And then you've got Had A Salty Dog, and you kind of... Then when you get a chance to play with the symphony and all that, you can... you can. It was just, it, we, we probably got that job, if you like, with the Edmonton, because of all those other things that we had done before. Hmm. And they could see that something that possibly this... Yeah that this could be a good thing to get Progal Harum up here with our Edmonton Symphony Orchestra. And, um, you know, it's a progressive thing to do anyway. They did it and it all worked out fine. It was, I mean, we only decided to record it about a week before we we did it, I think. At the very last minute. Yeah, Conquistador, that was a, yeah. a new arrangement that yeah. you did as well. Yeah, well, we, we didn't actually have anything particularly fast or that. And I thought, we've got to have, you know, we're messing around, we've got Salty Dog, we've got Helters and I, we've got uh, Wailing Stories we were doing. Uh, well, let's have something just a bit, yeah. you know, a bit of a, what I think of as a rock song. And uh, I just thought of Conquistador, and that, that could lend itself. Well, I just suddenly heard these in my head, I just suddenly heard the trumpets and the the whole galloping horses and the, you know, making some a lot more atmosphere out of it than there was in the original first album recording.
mentioned atmospheric songs and you took that to such a huge scale with Grand Hotel and, and the album it, it just paints such a picture yeah well I think it's always that is always part of music to me or at least quite a large percentage is that it's a bit of a canvas where 
the way that you play and sing and write a song and the sound that it sound that you create with that particular song is you know people can close their eyes and imagine things yeah I you know so we don't have to paint well well we do we do if you like paint that's what we do when we're playing and when we're recording but then it's up to other to the listener if you like to actually finish it off mm. and um, usually we don't do it on purpose but i think there's lots of there's lots of different ways you can listen and, and imagine these songs even a salty dog um you might think well it's pretty straightforward yeah. but i think i've saw so, i saw somebody's thesis at a university in america and this girl had 17 completely and absolutely different theses <laughs> for a salty dog and what it meant. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't just what I think it might be or what somebody else thinks it is, you know. And so it's, uh, you know, that's, that's our job. You, you don't normally get that so much with a straight rock song. Yeah. But once you get, you know, a bit of chance to make some atmosphere and, and weave, some, weave something in and out, then, yeah. Painting a picture, yeah. Tonight we sleep on silken sheets. We drink fine wine.
The new Cherry Red reissues and re-releases of the Procol Harum albums have, have given people a chance to listen to those songs in a new context without the baggage of the era. So when you take a track like The Worm and the Tree from Something Magic, which was, I think, released in 77, it shows the, the quality of the, those songs without the vagaries of the time. Well, I certainly... <laughs> I, you know, I, in fact, I heard it when Cherry Red were putting it out... Um, this from something magic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found myself that I put it on. I put on, I think I had a CD of it, and didn't I had the vinyl, but I put it on and I thought, oh, this is, there's a lot going on here. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of musical content, very musical, in fact. I thought, did I really write that? Imagine that. I was quite proud of it, actually. Yeah. But at the time, we thought it was a bit... I think it was, we thought it was a bit of a disaster in the sense that it wasn't the right time to do that. Yes. I mean, it was a bit of a part of the reason why we we we, we stopped at that moment in 1977, that we thought we'd gone full circle. You know, we had done a long piece on our second album. Yeah. You know, in Eltridge and I was our 18-minute sweet or whatever you want to call it and there we are 10 years nine years later we're doing the same thing where everybody else is punking it up and discoing it hmm. <laughs> i mean the eagles were in the studio next door to us in miami and they were doing hotel california ah. which all right was not a lot different but at least it was a big commercial success yeah. and we're doing something 18 minutes long fairy tale and i didn't even sing it hmm. so we did think that was a bit odd but looking at it today, I still would have liked to have sung it, but we we got very rushed and and we never got that far with it. You know, it would have taken another few months of working on it and thinking about it to to have sung it. But anyway, I think there's a lot of good music. I just wish that all schools it would be in the curriculum for children of sort of the ages of six to ten should play it and yeah. they should act it in dance and and somebody can be the tree and somebody can be the worm and somebody can be this and that hmm. and they should act it yes <laughs> that might find its place then absolutely 
Uh, are there any plans to get the, the live dates uh, back up and um, as well as releasing new material? Well, we're, I mean, we had some. We, we're meant to play on July the 3rd in Hampton in London. Yeah. I think I've, I've actually got to go and have something medical sorted out. Yeah. So it's kind of knocked me on the head for a bit um, doing that. And I'm not sure that enough people will be allowed into a gig. This It's an open-air thing at Hampton Pool. Yeah. But they needed to have 3,000 in there. And if the government says 1,500, it's not going to... It wouldn't work. Yeah. And, and until those social distancing and all that stuff is dropped and out the way, it's going to be very difficult. Well, at least we've got the new EP, yeah. and which is fantastic, and is uh, it just just shows that Procol Harum is uh, still releasing great music and looking forward. So thank you for your time, Gary. That's us alive forever. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. clearer and peaceful at last like after a storm when the rain clouds have passed and although the great tree was fallen and dead They knew from the ashes a new life would spread. Yes, although the great tree had fallen and died, they knew from the ashes a new one would thrive.
years may have passed since the tale I have told Yet the truth of this story does still seem to hold Although from a great tree a small worm may grow That eats it with poison and tortures its soul The worm can be killed Yet the tree be not dead For from the roots of the elder A new life will spread Thank you for listening to the Strange Brew podcast. If you do like the show, please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online. It's 10 years since I started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time. All your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests. To support me, just go to thestrangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. Thank you very much. Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.